this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Welcome back to our part two sit down with Izzy Wolters. And if you haven't heard part one, you guys have to check it out. We talk about Izzy's past viewing of Below Deck, what she thought about last season of Med with Malia and Hannah and Captain Sandy, what she thought of all the players on Below Deck before joining. And we really just want her takes and we got her takes on everything during part one. Is Rachel crazy or is she just a little off? Has Francesca been too hard on Elizabeth? Did Sunshine deserve to be fired? She talks about Captain Lee. Everything you want to know is in part one. And now, stay tuned. Part two with Izzy Wolters. We will have to find out. Mm-hmm. What about Sunshine? Was Eddie too hard on Sunshine or did he deserve all that he got? No, I don't think Eddie was too hard on Sunshine at all. Um, the interesting thing about Sunshine is that, you know, he what you see on TV from my experience being there is ultimately what happened. Um, He had, you know, he had good moments with his sustainability and I actually did learn new things from him, you know, to do with like Marine reserves and, you know, kind of weird stuff like that, that I never would have thought about. Um, But he wasn't, he meant well, but he just wasn't the best deckhand. That's fair enough. He didn't have enough experience. But, you know, from the time he started to the time he left, there wasn't a great amount of improvement. Like, he knew how to do a couple of things, like taught him to tie knots, and he knew how to, you know, use the crane and things like that. Um, but there just wasn't, like, enough improvement to warrant keeping him on. 
and he didn't help himself in that. I'm not sure if it's just because he hasn't had a proper job before or what it was, because he seems like quite a smart person. But I think I said on the, sh um, the after show as well, like, I just don't think he has had enough work experience to have the common sense to like, you know, do a lot of things. So no, I think Eddie was perfectly fine with him. And I think, like, you know, a lot of people- You think he deserved to be fired? Yeah. And I think a lot of people have said that, you know, well, Eddie helps Izzy so much and doesn't help Shane. And I think the difference was that I was, you know, I'm not talking myself up at all, but I really wanted to learn and like really wanted to prove that I could do it. Like I came in with a point to prove and really wanted to do well. And I think that Shane was more there to promote, to promote his message and less there to be a deckhand. And I think you could kind of pick up on that. Um, and he didn't really seem too interested, um, you know, in the job that he had to do, so to say. To that point, like, cause you know, we don't see so much footage. Like, yeah. was Shane walking around like trying to talk sustainability like 24 seven to all of you? No, not at all. He wasn't walking around 24 seven, like trying to push this message and things like that. When, when there was like a learning moment or like an opportunity, he would. Um, but you know, you're on a super yacht. It's not a sustainable industry. Yes, there are ways we could make it more sustainable, but we're there to do a job and we aren't there to talk full time about sustainability. So yes, it's great. And yes, you know, he made some really good points, but I don't think he was brought on, you know, specifically to talk about sustainability. I think he was brought on because he's like, good looking guy, like Cali dude, like quite personable, you know, all that kind of jazz. And he probably maybe could have the potential to be a good deckhand. Um, but I think he was just so focused on other things and probably pushing his platform and less focused on the job. Um, but yeah, he didn't kind of help himself in that way. And when you say like, you don't think he was brought on because of the sustainability piece, like, is that something that's out there? Because he said that to me, we, we had him on our podcast. Like he said that to me, but I never heard that before like is that what he no. was saying to people or is it because he was on my podcast and is it you're such a great listener of the behind the velvet podcast <laughs> like did you hear it here like where because i yeah. I, I heard no. it from him when he was here yeah so obviously i listened to like all my classmates that go on because I, I just like to like you know listen to what people are saying well thank like, you for listening to our things. podcast no worries um but yeah no i heard him say it on there and i think you know production probably didn't they brought him on, maybe, you know, the sustainability part of him is part of his, like, his personality, and that's great. And a lot of people will resonate with that, but it's not the, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think ultimately it's not the overwhelming reason that he was brought on the boat. Like, you know, he's this, you know, super, yeah, super lovely, super personable, all that jazz, like, you know, I just don't think that that whole sustainability thing was the, the overwhelming reason. I mean, we have to remember it's a reality TV show and people are cast a lot of the time for ratings. And, you know, he's a good looking guy. He's like, he can be funny and things like that. And he can be quite sweet. Um, so I think that was probably more of the reason that he was brought on. But I think the sustainability was a part of it. I just don't think it was the only reason and the overwhelming reason that he was brought on the boat. I would agree, you know, just from someone yeah. that does what I do and has studies this I would listen, they bring someone on every year that is completely green, no pun yeah. intended. So yeah. 
that he has no experience. There's always someone and he is good looking. And yeah. I don't really think, I mean, listen, I didn't say this to him when he was here. I'm not talking behind his back. I just don't think that producers really care. That's my opinion, whether that's yeah. your platform or not. I don't think they say we got in trouble or got some online flack for not being sustainable. And now we have to yeah. purposely cast someone that fits this box. I yeah, don't think I don't, it works that I way. Don't think I think it. novice and good looking yeah. and you're not Australian or New Zealand. Hey, we haven't had a California boy really exactly. in like, that's a whole thing, a California surfer. That's, exactly. I, I agree And a lot you. of people love that image that it's like that California kind of like surfer type. So I think that's probably like, you know, a, a really big part of the reason he was brought on board, not because they wanted to push this message of sustainability. I would think so. And to me, yeah. Shane, I agree. I think Shane is like Elizabeth in the sense that like really deep down, like is, wouldn't hurt a fly is the nicest yeah. person. And yeah. look, I mean, I'm, I like anyone who's like really authentic. So yeah. this is your cause. Like I'm all about it. Like you stuck yeah. to your guns, but I don't think that's why you were cast. And I don't think that you could have talked about it all day. I think it all would have been cut out. Yeah, personally. exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, he obviously, I mean, there's, there's times like chat and stuff like that, but like, you know, when we were chatting, we weren't chatting 24 seven about sustainability we were just like trying to have fun and like bands and stuff like that so yeah no I, I think that is you know it's not the whole reason he was cast so what do you think of I don't know this whole like if you saw it like when he was on watch what happens and he pushed the sustainability because he said that was like a targeted thing which yeah. okay that's kind of I mean bravo to you that you yeah you had this platform yeah. I mean, listen, he didn't answer one of my questions. He said, next question to me, which I don't think I've ever had said. That's but wild. Now, I mean, I'll just take my ego out of it and knock myself down. Now you're saying it to Andy fucking Cohn. Like, I what? Know. Yeah. I mean, I, I was think... like, oh my God. I mean, you know, again, more power to you. But what do you yeah. think of all that? Yeah. I mean, I think I know that kind of like by that point, you know, he like he knew he was getting fired and he really wanted to push his message. And I think it's really admirable that he is so passionate about sustainability, mm -hmm. but I think there's a way to push your message. And I don't think he went the right way about it on watch what happens. You know, you get these, like, you know, a lot of my family are like vegetarian and vegan and all that. And I'm fully supportive of that. But you know, when people force things down your throat and push it and push it, it annoys people. Um, and I think kind of the attitude that he gave to Andy Cohen and, you know, in that whole interview was probably not the best way to be about it. Maybe he should have been a bit more like accepting of like the mistakes he'd done. Um, and, you know, just a bit sweeter about the whole thing, not so defensive because a lot of people don't respond well to defensiveness. People would rather you just like buck up admit you made a mistake. We're all human. We all make them kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I watched that train wreck of, uh, episode and I was I was just like oh god yeah I didn't I mean, think it was very when he good. said next question Andy's just like yeah yeah okay I mean I I yeah. kind of had the same reaction I was like oh I, yeah. I don't I don't remember what the question I oh I know I asked him who he I think was the worst that he worked with I mean, it's not yeah. even that that's not even that offensive a question like I no I don't think any of the qu the question you said on watch what happens was that offensive either? Like if anyone was to ask me like, hey, were you like, you know, shit on the first trailer? I'd be like, yeah, I was shit. There's reasons why I was shit, but overwhelmingly I was shit. Like you just yeah. have to admit it and like, you know, or stuff like that. Like you can't, 
get defensive or anything like that. So I think he definitely, I, I, I'm, I admire the message he wanted to send. Mm -hmm. I definitely think he went about it in the wrong way. Do you think he's going to be at the reunion? Probably. I don't know. I haven't even heard whether there's a reunion yet. So. Oh, I just assume. I think there will yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, there generally seems to be. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll find out. But I'd say so. I'd say they'd bring everyone back. And no knock against Shane, because Shane, I know you're listening. We just talked about sustainability for at least seven minutes. So exactly. I know you're not here, but we are supporting your platform. We are supporting on. your cause. <laughs> what about, so he'll be happy. What about, is Chef Rachel crazy or just brilliantly Chef? different, no. which I'm all for different people. I I'm a little different myself. Yeah, I think she's brilliantly different. Like Rachel is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my entire life. She's so smart, so knowledgeable. Um, and like I, had, like, I had such a good time with her. Like we got on really well, like we had really great banter. Like, cause we'd both kind of like crash sense of humor. So that was kind of the same. Um, yeah, she can fly off the handle sometimes. I think it, like, you know, during the show, she, you know, she, I think, from what I understand now, she was, you know, she knew a lot more about the severity of coronavirus than like probably any of us did because we were in that bubble kind of thing. And, you know, she was hearing a lot of feedback from home in Italy and that's where it was getting hit hardest first. Um, and I think, but I think, yeah, she can fly off the handle sometimes, but a lot of the times she was self-aware enough to remove herself from a situation. So if she felt like she was, you know, under too much pressure or not in like, you know, a good situation for her or comfortable in the situation that she was in then she'd remove herself from it so i think you know she's brilliantly different yeah she can fly off the handle sometimes but i mean yeah overwhelmingly she's not like a malicious person she doesn't want to go and kill everyone um but yeah well, that's but good I was, to know yeah i was i was I thought it was wild when I heard that she told Captain Lee to go fuck himself. And I've been waiting so long to see that because that's like one of my favorite parts about doing the show because I'm kind of like a nosy person is that all this stuff happens and you can like, you know, normally you hear about stuff and you never get to see it again, whereas we finally get to see it. Um, so I thought that was kind of crazy. But I mean, she, I think she'd just been, you know, everything had built up with her and Maybe it wasn't the right way to go about it, but, you know, and I can't understand why she flew off the handle a bit. I mean, you must have been shocked because I was like, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I drink a lot of vodka, so I don't remember all the details, <laughs> but I don't really remember someone specifically telling Captain Lee to go fuck himself. Really? No. no. And I mean, I don't, again, I don't think she meant it in like a malicious way or anything like that at all. I think she was just so overwhelmingly like stressed with like her boyfriend and then coronavirus and the, the shit that was going on with Elizabeth and, um, and Francesca. And, you know, it might not have, you know, probably wasn't the best way to handle a situation, um, you know, but that's just who she is. And, you know, she's a, she apologized for it um, and everything like that. So, so what yeah. about? But I think she's just a kooky person. <laughs> Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, 
I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash velvet rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. That's, I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. What about, so this was filmed in like February, like right before Corona. Yeah. So I think we started filming like Feb 9 and then we ended filming like March 17. And like, to your point, it's Italy kind of got it the worst. So she was like yeah. calling because she's, she lives in Italy. Yeah. So her boyfriend's Italian and I think she has like, you know, she's fluent in Italian. So I think she has quite strong ties there. Um, and obviously Italy, I think got hit like one of the like worst and like the hardest, like right. first. So she was hearing a lot about that. And then obviously, you know, being in a long distance relationship, I can imagine being stressful because, you know, you're hearing about all these flight closures and things like that. And then she, you know, she would be like, oh, well, shit, am I going to actually be able to go and see my boyfriend who I haven't seen for five months at this stage? You know, I can, yeah. So I can fully understand how like that would have been like, a really upsetting situation. Did you hear about coronavirus before you left for the show or was it more like, was Rachel the one that kind of was talking about this and that's like your earliest memory? Yeah, so I think I'd heard like on the news of like one case somewhere and then maybe in Wuhan, it might've been like getting a bit worse or something like that. But you know, I kind of, I didn't really imagine it to be, obviously none of us did, like any huge thing. Um, And we thought it was just like, you know, like a flu or something like that. So I didn't really know much about it. And even when I came back after we shut down filming, I didn't really know the severity of it until I got home and they shut the borders the next day and they put us into like a three month lockdown. So, you know, when we were filming the boat, oh, like on the boat, you know, we, we are in our own bubbles and we, you know, not reading the news a lot or anything like that. So I didn't yeah. really know too much about it, but I think production was keeping tabs on it. And then as soon as like shit really looked like it was getting bad, they were like, no, nah, like we'll shut this down now. So this season was cut short because of it. Yeah, we missed, I think they've, I think I can say this because I've already said it online, but yeah, we missed the last two charters. So we did seven charters. Wow. And we're on like number. Okay. That makes sense. Was, what about, did Rachel overstep when she told Elizabeth to go talk to Captain Lee about having issues? I mean, I think she was put in a really difficult situation because, you know, she's friends 
with I mean I don't know if she was friends with Francesca and Elizabeth I think she I think she kind of felt like Elizabeth she took under her wing a bit but you know she's in a she's working in the department with these people and obviously she's a great person to vent to she's very like she's very smart so I think I don't think she overstepped it at all I mean I think it was very visible by that point that Elizabeth was not comfortable talking to Francesca so maybe, maybe, yeah, Elizabeth should have gone to Francesca, but then I don't think that would have gone well. So yeah, I don't, I don't think she overstepped it at all. I mean, she was in a really difficult spot because she's got these two people coming to her for advice and yeah. I probably would have done the same thing Rachel, Rachel did. Is Rachel's cooking just like the best you've ever had? Like same thing oh like God. one to 10? Cause everyone seems to say it's like, I mean, you could kind of tell she's better than a lot of the below deck chefs. I, I she's think. So good. Like I, um, we, I think for Father's Day last year, we took my dad to this restaurant in Sydney called Key and it's like $400 a head. It's fucking expensive and it's so good. And her, her cooking is better than that. Like how her crew food that she made us a lot of the time, I would pay like 50 bucks in a restaurant for. So wow. like she lives up to the hype. Her food is fucking amazing. Absolutely so it's incredible. okay if she's a little off. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, understandably as well, like she worked on boats for 15 years. I think like the shit that you have to deal with on boats, that's enough to send like any person like a tiny wee bit like off. You, and we can include Sunshine in this next question. Who was the most drama like just in general, because we don't see a lot of stuff like from a working with a, or just filming or having the person there like I'm out of all the other people. I don't think like one specific person was the most dramatic. Obviously, there was and you will see a lot of Frances a lot of drama between Francesca and Elizabeth. I think that was like the overwhelming kind of majority of drama that you see there is other drama that comes up with like different people and in different situations and things like that um but i think like consistent through the whole season that the the most drama was probably with those two do you think anyone because nobody was really a repeat per well except for eddie and captain except lee but like eddie, yeah. was everyone natural or did you was it like, oh, the cameras are on and Elizabeth is totally different. James is totally different, you know, or was it like everyone, you know. It was like normal. Yeah. Right. Or were people no. like the cameras are on and I know this is a show and I got it. I'm going to angle myself and get this edit or was it yeah. all? Because like housewives do that all the time. I, We've had yeah. people on that say other below deck people have done it. So I'm not going to name names. They can go back and listen to all our past shows. But yeah. from your point of view was there i think overwhelmingly everyone was just themselves um i think the first charter obviously especially in the interior i was just broken um but i think yeah that everyone that charter was it's because it's new you're kind of like you got no freaking clear what's going on so you really are trying your best more to not make mistakes but i think the beauty of below deck is that you get so used to the cameras that by like one you just don't give a fuck really by like after the first like four hours i was like fuck it like whatever they're there like you know you learn not to give a fuck i don't think anyone in particular was particularly like false in front of the cameras or anything like that i mean i think that you know i'm sure there were people there obviously like sunshine and whatever that are pushing their own agendas and like trying to get publicity for different platforms and things like that but i think we had like a quite a genuine cast this season that's good yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that was quite nice, actually, to have, like, 
mostly normal people on the boat. <laughs> well, that's why, like, to me this season, I kind of agree with you. Like, it kind of got back to, like, there was drama, but it was more drama about, like, the job. Exactly. As opposed to like misogynistic issues or yeah. bullying, yeah, drugs yeah. on board Anything and maritime. Like, like it was more just like this is yeah. what I remember below deck to be. Yeah, if, yeah, that that that's like that's very true, and that's kind of exactly how I felt. Is that it seems more like you know the beginning, like the the first seasons and everything like that, and everyone you know because you do get like a lot of people that go on reality TV. And they like start drama for drama's sake and they hype things up and things like that. Um, I mean, the only time I noticed that was the first charter. That was kind of what disappointed me about like those guys. A lot of like a couple of them were fine, but I did notice that like on camera, it was really played up. I I could see that as a viewer and they were repeat visitors. Yeah. So like off camera, they were lovely, very kind people, very sweet. Um, you know, but then when the camera came, they switched and I really didn't like that. I was like, I don't care if you're an asshole or if you're a dickhead, but like, don't be someone that you're not kind of thing. Like just because there's cameras there. Um, so that like, that's kind of what overwhelmingly gave like me the the worst taste in my mouth about them was that it was like, you know, they were just kind of like different on camera to off camera. But really? that's the it was like camera. night. It was like night and day. The camera. It was anyway. yeah. It was. I wouldn't say night and day, but it was definitely like you know, dust was on. Um, it was yeah. They were really lovely off camera, um, and some of them were normal. But yeah, there is a there is a couple that just like completely switched it up. And I was just I just I kind of lost a bit of respect at that point because I was like, oh god, like you know. It's, well, it's reality TV, but, like, you don't have to be fake. Well, in the States, we call that a fame whore. Yeah. So call it what you will, but that's definitely what I noticed. I could, I mean, especially with the lead charter guest, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, what, was, that was my experience with it. Yeah, and that was just kind of disappointing as well. But, you know, everyone to themselves, if that's what they want to do and what they want to portray, then that's fine. So switching gears, we started with me welcoming you to the family. <laughs> Thank you. So let's just go back to that for a minute. So you said, well, first of all. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 
50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-Ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I'm Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. I guess my question is like, why now? Like what, I mean, I'm not, not just tell me about this journey. Like why have you come out so, right yeah, now? Yeah, so like when we were filming, I think, you know, just before we, I started, like when we were filming, I identified as bi, but kind of like a month or two before that, I kind of been starting to realize that I was like leaning more towards the side of like, maybe not bi, like maybe more to women. But then I wasn't like, you know, a hundred percent sure. And I, I think I'm like, I'm very lucky that I've had like a very supportive family. Like my mom has always wanted a gay child because she wants to go on the pride float. Um, and my dad and everyone like that, my grandparents are very supportive. But I think like for me, I always just assumed that life would go one way and that I would be one way. So then to like realize that actually, oh, maybe I'm like actually another way. Like I'm not very good with change. So I was like, okay, this is like, okay. Then when we were filming, I was kind of like realizing it. And then we got home into lockdown and, you know, there's nothing to do but stalk social media and think. Um, and I was just kind of thinking about everything and like, you know, doing a lot of like internal searching. And it was kind of like one day I was like, okay, like, yeah, this is who I am. And then once I've like actually made the firm decision to like, to, to like, to come to terms, not come to terms with that, but to like, you know, realize that it felt like, it felt like the most right thing, I guess you could say that's like ever happened in my life. Um, and so then I was kind of like, fuck, well now I've realized this and you know, we're in lockdown and I can't like jump on Tinder and like, you know, explore this whole new side to me. Um, so that was a bit shit. Um, but yeah, but then as well, like I was really scared about coming out like, when the show aired and things like that, cause I was like, oh God, are people just gonna like think I'm doing this for attention or like, are they gonna even believe me at all in the first place? Like kind of stuff like that. And so I was really worried about that. And so I'd had that post 
like for a couple of weeks now, just like in my drafts. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't know whether I should just not do it. But I felt like by not doing it, you know, obviously all my friends and family had known, but I felt like if I didn't actually like announce it to the world that I was kind of living a lie and I didn't want to like, I didn't want it to, you know, people to think that it's okay to live a lie. So yeah, the other day I was like, fuck it. And I like press post and I was like, that's it. Um, and, you know, and then Courtney basically said, you know, with the platonic sugar daddy thing, you basically just come out anyway. And I was like, oh yeah, true. <laughs> so then I was like, you know, fuck it. I'll just do it. Um, and yeah, and I did not expect the reaction at all. It was absolutely insane. I thought people would be like, you know, congrats, like if you live your best life, all that crap. Um, but yeah, it kind of went a bit insane and I've, Oh, like the amount of support was actually I was kind of a bit scared but like 99.5% of people have been so supportive you know you get like the odd like Trump supporter for Christians or all this shit or like just Trump in general that's like oh my god like being you know being gay is wrong and all that stuff and I'm like oh fuck you like I feel sorry for people like that because I think that's just a real lack of education and they've probably been taught that when they grew up and all that but um but yeah it was a it's been a very very transformative year but it, now that it's like out in the open and everyone knows, it feels really good because it feels like I can start this like new chapter of my life where I'm actually living like, you know, my authentic self and like not kind of like living this like, I don't know, not a lie, but like not feeling fully comfortable like in myself or my sexuality or anything like that. So that yeah, it's been a sense. huge few days. <laughs> yes. Well, so did you, not that it matters, I'm just curious, like to get to know you better. So did you yeah. identify as bi before or did you identify as straight? Yeah. So I think up until probably like a year and a half ago, I identified as straight. And then, you know, cause I was, I'd never really, I hadn't really lived a lot. So I, I just like identified as straight. And then I like went traveling and went overseas and stuff like that. And my eyes started to open a bit more to the world. Then I started to learn more about myself. And I would like get crushed with some girls and things like that. And I was like, oh, like, you know, maybe that's just like part of growing up um, until I realized that I was like, no. And then I was like, okay, so then I identified as bi. Um, and then I was kind of just like, and I'd never really like experimented with girls or anything like that. Cause I was just so nervous to like embrace that side of my personality. Cause it's, it's like a, it is, it doesn't seem like a huge thing especially when I have so much like support but it is like a scary thing. Um, and then, yeah. And then I kind of like started to realize actually, like, I think I might just be a raging lesbian. <laughs> and then I realized I was, and now having like fully come to terms with it, it's, um, I, I, I don't like to say come to terms because that sounds terrible, but like fully accepted it and realized it, it, it feels like the best thing. <laughs> but that makes sense. Like come to terms, you know, like it's some, like, listen, people yeah. have different degrees of being able to accept it. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. when I was young, I wasn't openly gay. I mean, now I like, that, like yeah. you could say you're a raging lesbian. And I could say like, I am so gay. Like I can't even yeah. tell you how gay I am. Exactly. And but now I, I'm like, yeah, that's like the, the thing. gayest of the gay. Okay. Yeah. And like, that's like the really kind of like fun and interesting thing is that, you know, when I was younger, you know, I was like, oh, I kind of, you know, all the signs were there. Like, I always really loved, like, feminine-looking guys. Like, my favorite character in Lord of the Rings was, like, Legolas and stuff like that. 
And like, I've always been kind of like really uncomfortable around men, like in like a romantic setting and like kind of sexually TMI, like hated being penetrated, like all this random stuff. And then it was just a lot of signs, but I think like you just assume that you're one way because that's the way that everybody is. So I'm so glad that I was actually able to like, you know, realize that, you know, that's not actually who I am and I am this way. And now I'm like, okay, right, can lockdown please end and coronavirus please fuck off? Because I want to go have some fun. I don't blame you. Did your, well, I don't blame you. Did your parents and like friends, like, did you come out to them before you left for the show? So yeah, they already knew that I was like, that I identified like bi before I left for the show. Um, And then like, I came back and, you know, through lockdown and stuff, I was kind of like, I think I'm gay. And then they were like, okay, so my dad reacted. He was like, you know, about as interested as if I told him, I just like unloaded the dishwasher. And my mom was like, so excited. Um, And then my Nana was like, not surprised. (laughs) She's always been a bit like, are you sure you're not lesbian? Um, And stuff like that. So yeah, so they already knew that I identified as bi, but then when I like came out, I was like, gay, gay. Um, But yeah, then I was always just like a bit worried, you know, you know, imposter syndrome and things like that and people taking it the wrong way. Um, about like why I hadn't come out before but it it's like a it's not a hard thing to come to terms with but it's just like you know I think everyone's just got to do it in the right time and then ultimately I decided that I wanted people to know because I think there isn't enough like also queer representation especially like a lesbian representation in the media um, and on tv so I thought that was really important and hopefully like having that helps other people like feel more comfortable in who they are as well um so yeah it's been a huge time is it during car so you really fully figured this all out i mean listen we all have time on our hands it, yeah it really was because we're locked down in corona yeah i think like so for me i think i would have come to realize it obviously like at some point right um, this year but like i am the type of person because i have like anxiety and things like that i often keep myself really busy to distract myself and even though i am self-aware i also like just sometimes push everything to the side because I don't want to deal with it. Um, And then obviously this time, like when I wasn't at work, there was nothing else to do. And I, and I, yeah, I kind of realized it and I was really doing like a lot of like, I don't like spiritual work, but like just like self work, like getting Mm -hmm. into therapy and things like that. Um, And like, you know, really coming to terms with a lot of the things that I just been ignoring for the past like couple of years. Um, And yeah, and that was just kind of, the thank fucking god like the happy realization i came to um and now that like you know now that everyone knows i feel like a bit less like an imposter and like i can yeah. actually you know, live like my life like fully and you know there's people online and stuff that say like oh why does it matter like you know you coming out like i don't shout from the rooftops and i'm straight like babe i wouldn't care if you shout from the ro- rooftops so you're straight like if you're proud to be straight that's great um but like yeah. it, i think it is really important for people to you know to have that representation that vid- and that visibility because that everyone has you know has been a very marginalized community um previously so so yeah do you was any part of you like i i know what courtney was saying i didn't really agree like i didn't think that just by saying platonic husband like i mean i always when i worked in an office i would be like i have a work wife nobody <laughs> honey nobody thought i was straight at the time yeah so i didn't really think that like i, I get what she was saying but yeah. I didn't think that technically outed you. Like, was there any part of you that was like, 
because Below Deck is on the air, you know, and I'm doing press and you'll probably go back to watch what happens. And just like, was there any part of you that was like, I figured this out, but I better not come out now. Like I better just wait till the season, you know, next look at, we were just talking about Malia and Sandy, what, seven weeks ago. And now nobody, we're talking about it, but it's different. It is different. Was any part of you like, if I just wait, you know, like six months or four months till the next season's on, it'll be less of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did. I was kind of like, that's a little bit of the reason like why I was scared to come out now. Cause I was like, I wasn't sure if people were going to take it the wrong way. And then I also wasn't sure if, because, you know, like I'm like a girl and I'm working on deck and things like that. People are going to be like, you know, create these stereotypes and then we're going to say like quite negative and hurtful things. Um, but no, I thought, I felt like, you know, I could come out later, but I think it is really important to have that representation in the media um, and I know that if I like, if there had been probably more queer people on screen, maybe I could have like, and like, you know, good role models on screen as well. Maybe I could have actually like been a bit more comfortable about the whole thing earlier. Um, so yeah, but then I also felt like if I was hiding it throughout the whole season that I was just living a lie and I didn't really want to live a lie. I kind of just wanted to like, you know, the world is already getting to know me. So I just wanted to like, just be like, okay, this is me. This is fully who I am. Like, take it or leave it. Like, but this is it kind of thing. Well, like you said, it, you got like a ton of, like way more than you thought. Like, yeah. just, so that must've been emotional. It was insane. I've literally been sitting in this living room for like two days, just like staring at my phone, like, holy shit. Like, you know, I expected just to like, you know, I have some like cast friends, like mates and stuff. Just be like, yeah, cool, babe. They like, great. And, you know, friends and stuff like that. But I didn't expect it to blow up as much as it has. Um, and so that's been very wild. But I'm, I'm kind of glad that a lot of people are happy that there is more representation in the media and have been, like, really supportive because I just wasn't sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fucking been insane. Have but, you... I mean... Oh, sorry. Go on. No, no, go on. Go on. Well, I was going to say, have you gotten a lot of those naysayers who are like, you're, you know, like you alluded to this before, like you're coming yeah. out now, yeah, I don't know, to get more fame. You want right. attention, you want right. this Like that. now yeah. we'll remember you maybe more as like yeah. the lesbian yeah, no, from below I haven't, ha- I haven't had anyone say like that specifically, but I've had a lot of people be like, why do you care about like coming out as gay? Like straight people don't come out. And I'm like, babe, you haven't been marginalized like right. for thousands of years throughout history. Um, right. But no, I haven't had anything like that. And like, That's I, good. I, yeah, like, I mean, I find, I guess I understand why people think about it like that. But yeah, I think but yeah, the overwhelming reason I just, I really didn't want to feel like I was living a lie. Um, and I would have just felt like I was lying to everybody if I had been like, you know, hey, like I'm this like straight girl on deck and you right. know, all that stuff. And it's just, yeah, I think everyone deserves to be able to live their truth. And if you think about it, questions could have come up like the next time you're on watch what happens they could have said yeah. like would you rather sunshine like, yeah. or james like exactly. these questions i think eventually could have come up as part exactly. of exactly and then it's kind of like oh neither and then people like start to allude to it anyway right um so yeah so what about well you mentioned like now have ladies all over been slipping into your dms yeah it's been so crazy like I I'm like a very like particular person I hate to have like 
pending messages and things like that. Like oh, I, like I get it. Clear, Trust yeah. me. Yeah, I like to have like a clear inbox. Otherwise, I feel stressed. I like, it's like if I mess a bedroom, I feel stressed. Um, but now I've got like all these people. I've got like a mix of like thirsty lesbians um, or people being like, thank you so much for like being like lesbian representation in the media because there's not a lot of it. Or someone saying like, you know, my daughter just came out last week. Like, thank you for doing this and things like that. Um, so yeah, there's been hundreds of inbox messages and it's kind of like made me a bit stressed because I'm like, you know, I, could, I, I want to respond to every single one, but I'm like, it's just so many. I'm like, oh my God. It's um, like a full-time job, right? Literally. It I is know. a full-time job. Yeah. It's insane. I spent hours yesterday just like going through everything and like it's... trying to respond and, or at least like give it a like or something like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I get it. It takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, right. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, as a gay man, like you must be elated that this is, you know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm... regardless of the reception, like you do it for yourself. It's really like exactly. you're living your authentic truth once you make that decision. Yeah. And yeah. it's really everyone else's problem, whether they are on board or not at that or, point. Or not on board with it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it just feels so nice to like, not feel like I'm living like a lie or anything anymore. And then I'm actually like able to like, you know, be like your true self to the world and like have the world accept that. Because even like the first time I was on Watch What Happens, you know, I saw the week before that they did with Eddie, like and Francesca, like, would you rather this? And would you rather this? And I was kind of scared they would have one of those with me. Because yeah. then I'd have to be like, fuck, like, am I just going to have to like pretend that I think this, you know, I went into these guys or like, you know, say no. Like I was kind of like a bit worried about that. Um so yeah, yeah, it's it's so nice just to be like, hey, I'm Izzy and I love pussy. <laughs> you know, I I I I get it. <laughs> what about what I forgot what I was gonna ask you? Not because of that comment. I'm just like, <laughs> what about did anyone? This is what I was gonna ask you. What about did anyone like? Did you did anyone know like during filming? Like, did you confide in anyone? Like, yeah, yeah. So on the boat, I told Eddie and James and. Um, obviously production you because they say everything um, that I really? was by yeah okay. so I told people that I was by and things like that um, and then obviously people knew, knew throughout filming I mean I before I came out I told like James um, and Eddie and who else like obviously like Courtney and stuff knew that I, when I realized I was gay I was like oh my god guys guess what um, kind so of thing. you told them before yeah you yeah came out. Yeah, so they so I already told them, and then yeah, on the boat, they knew that I kind of like identified as bi because a lot of the times, um, I think we're talking about husbands or stuff like that, and they kept talking about husbands, and I was like, no, like this is no. Um, and so then I was like, you know, what about like a wife kind of thing? So I like had that conversation. I'm not sure if they'll air it or not, um, but yeah, so people knew. Um, I think they and, might air that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. I mean, I spoke, yeah. about, a lot on, I spoke about a lot on the show, so they've got, had a lot to work with. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I did speak about that. And then it's kind of now nice to like, you know, have all of their support. Like Eddie messaged me and he was like, you go girl. Like he was so supportive and all that. So I think really I saw that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. What about, have you like heard from anyone else? Like, have you heard from like Andy Cohn, like anyone else at Bravo? That's like, congratulations. Uh, no. Not Andy Cohen or anything like that, but a lot of um, like past cast members and then like most most of my um, cast members messaged me and like, congratulations guys. I mean, congratulations Izzy um, and things like that. So that's been really nice. Like obviously 
like the Bravo community does seem like very expecting, I mean, accepting. And also I think like, you know, most of the production company from what I have heard is gay. So, you know, it is like a very accepting community. So uh, yeah, I've been really, really lucky with the people that I've been surrounded by through kind of like the whole process. Well, you can still like go through Tinder and your DMs during COVID and just, you could, you know, and be like, Hello. it's a good, yeah. Like it's a good time to get to know. Yeah. To get somebody. to know people and not have like the physical expectations, just be like, who are you really kind of thing. So yeah, I think, you know, once we get past like Christmas and stuff and the new year and all that, then I'll definitely be exploring it further. Listen, I'm all for that. Now <laughs> I have to ask because you would have been asked this eventually on watch what happened. So Let's just assume everyone's single and it's a level playing field. We have mm-hmm. Rachel, we have Ashling, we have Francesca, and we have Elizabeth. <laughs> Who would you rather? You have four choices. I mean, the thing is, like, my kind of, like, type of woman, per se, is, like, still kind of, like, that tomboyish, like, kind of, like, relaxed casual. And all of them are, like, quite made up. Um, Ashling, no... Francesca, no. I mean, either Rachel or Elizabeth. I feel like both of them could be really fun in bed because they're both like quite like quirky personalities. So basically, based on like going off who I think would be better in bed and like the most fun to be around, probably one of those two. All right. So Elizabeth. I mean, I I I could see that Elizabeth. Yeah. Or Rachel. I mean, Rachel would be great because she would cook for you all the time, and I think she'd be like down and freaky. But then Liz is like quite a calming person, and I'm quite highly strong, so that could work out as well. So. Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> well, if you're into, like you said, more of like the tomboy, I mean, you'd have to eventually come to New York, but I have, I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea. I don't know how old you are. 25. Okay, well, this woman is a little bit, she's not much old. She's, she's very youthful. So I don't know if you have an age range, but I, I have someone. Well, she's like 40 something probably. So I don't know if that's, that's right. too old. I, you All could right. say it's too old. I'm okay, but I, ha- I have someone. So when lockdown ends, I'll have to do like a world trip. Seriously. So you learned a lot from being on the show. So that's like, Mm -hmm. is that the best thing to have taken away from this? Like that you just, you really like went in, like you could really say your skills on a yacht are completely changed because of this show. Yeah. I think for me, like I went in kind of like this, like insecure, broken like quite sad person and I came out the other side like a lot more sure of myself and I'd learned so much more um I was a lot yeah a lot more comfortable and like confident in myself but I also made like so many good friends um and like I you know I love to travel so I saw the most you know beautiful places and met the most amazing people and the Antiguan locals were like one of the highlights for me as well so I know like a lot of people who go on the show can't always say they had the best experience, but for me, it was just so, so overwhelmingly positive. Um, and I'm quite excited for people like to see the rest of the season. So you would go back to Below Deck if you were asked yeah, in I the think it's something I, Yeah, I think it's something I definitely consider. I think it's, it's difficult for me now because I'm kind of like reaching this new chapter in my life. Like I've just, you know, I've realized all this stuff and, you know, I've worked on boats for almost five years. So, and like in some aspects, you know, so I'm now coming like at the point where I'm like, is this something I want to continue with or do I then want to move on and like have like, you know, move on to like the different sets, like stage of my life. Cause I'm 25 now. I'm kind of heading into the latter part of my twenties and then, you know, there's other places I want to travel to and other things I want to do and things like that. And, you know, experiment with. So 
yeah, it's, it's something I'd consider, but it's definitely something I'd have to think about. What about without Below Deck, like when quarantine is over, like you don't, are you planning to go back right away to like a yacht or I mean I guess you just answered that question like you're not sure yeah it depends like I definitely I don't want to do it I wouldn't be saying I'd want to go back to full time um because it is you know it takes so much time and it is quite like a toll so it's probably something I'd be more interested in doing for like a bit of pocket money or like just some short stints here and there um but I'd probably not full time because I've done it for so long and I also now like, you know, I sail, my dad has a boat. So I, I really just want to get into enjoying it more as opposed to like, you know, working. Because sometimes like, you know, working at your hobby, like it sucks the fun out of it a bit. So I do kind of want to get back to like the more fun side of yachting. So we'll see. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why you can't knock someone like Kate. It's like, it's a hard yeah. life. Like it's a hard, it's especially a really, to be away. Yeah. Like you see time. Rachel breaking down over leaving her boyfriend. Like it's hard to have a relationship. I mean. Yeah. And it, it is hard to have a relationship and it's hard to really actually set up your life and things like that. And, you know, I've seen a lot of places by sea. I want to see a lot more by land and, you know, there's a lot of other stuff I want to do. I want to do crossings and things like that and like go to places more off the beaten track. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Did you hear from Captain Lee after coming out? No, I haven't heard from him yet, but I hear from him all the time. I'm not actually sure if he's seen it. Um, but yeah, he messages me like, you know, once every two weeks. He's like, how are you going, kiddo? Like, everything okay? Staying safe? Things like that. And we chat. So yeah, no, he's so bloody lovely. Um, and he's like, you know, like, you know, when the first couple of episodes came out and I was like sobbing on my bed about that, he was like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, obviously things get better and, you know, people are going to see a real change and see what you can do. So that he's been, he's been so lovely. Were you worried about it? Like in the beginning when it was like, you're like, oh God, I'm being painted in such a bad light. Yeah, I was. Um, but you know, I've, I had people like that had done the show before and they kind of pointed out, they were like, babe, listen, if you, if you kind of watch Below Deck, if you start off really well at the start, most of the time you end up looking terrible. And if you start off looking terrible, most of the time you end up looking really good. Like they want to have that story arc for you. Um, so yeah. like, don't worry. And also like, I knew that it got better, but it, obviously it is kind of difficult to see like quite a low point of like your life, like aired for everyone to judge when they don't really know the full story or anything like that. So yeah, I was scared when I saw the first episode, I was in hotel quarantine, so I had no one around anyway. Um, and I just sat there and cried for about like two hours on my bed and like freaked out. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, but you know, it got better and it gets better and we got through that. Did you but, ever yeah. go down the rabbit hole of like, cause I'm, first of all, are you shocked Abs at like below? Yeah. Absolutely. I went down the rabbit hole. Like, you know, I'm such a nosy person and it's to my demise sometimes. It's like I took myself out of the, um, like the fan groups they have on Facebook, but I still read Reddit and Twitter and things like that. And so I did go down the rabbit hole and I didn't make things any easier. For and myself. Instagram is no better. No, it's not any better. I was lucky I didn't really get too many bad DMs or anything like that. Um, 
but yeah, it can be, it can be an experience when, you know, your worst times are being shown on TV and then all of a sudden everyone has an opinion about it. Like it's, it's a wild thing, but it's really funny on Twitter, especially because you get people that were slating you and hated you the week before and all of a sudden they're your best friend. Um, so I found that to be very interesting as well. And now you just kind of rise above it. Like it's a hard thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. am great at it. I ignore it all, but it, I yeah. wasn't I think always you have, this way. I think you have to learn to do that. I think you I'm do. really, yeah, I'm really bad at like, you know, punishing myself. And so I did that as kind of like a sick form of punishment. Um, I, I, but, I get it. Yeah. But you know, I did realize at some point I was like, listen, these people like they have their own opinions, but like they're talking shit about people on the internet and like anyone that, that is like secure in themselves and genuinely happy wouldn't do that. Um, so, you know, you just have to rise above it and ignore it. And just, you know, eventually you realize that everyone's got an opinion. So. And you could fly in with angel wings with rainbows and unicorns all around you and, and be mother People Teresa. Still it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whether you're... it's like two with your personality or the way you look or I don't know, the pair of shoes you decided to wear, someone's going to find something about you that they don't like. So, well, a couple of things. First of all, I can't wait to watch as the rest of the season plays itself out. Thank Second you. of all, you'll have to come back on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Before for the sure. end of the season. Third yeah. of all, congratulations again on coming out. Thank you. I know it's not. Listen, we all do it in our own time. Some people never yeah. do it. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I felt really ashamed after, you know, I was 25 and, you know, I realized that now I felt like such a fraud. Um, but, you know, I have realized that, you know, everyone in their own time does it. So I live in New York City, like one of the gay Mecca capitals of the world. And I meet people that are like 40s and 50s that are still, yeah. which that's their journey. No shade. I just. Can you yeah. imagine that? Like yeah, that's I couldn't imagine it. I mean, yeah, I think one of the things that really helped me as well was my cousin, their cousin on the other side said, listen, I was 22 and in a five year long relationship with a dude when I realized I was gay. So like, you know, everyone realizes it at some point. So, yeah. Yes. Well, congratulations. And last thing, is there anything, because I always have my own agendas, anything I didn't bring up that you would like to discuss? Because you, this is your time to... I'd like to give people a chance at the end, you know, maybe. I don't you have... think so. I think you did your research really well, actually, and you covered everything. You seem like you actually know what you're doing. <laughs> Listen, this is behind the velvet rope, honey, you know, <laughs> and I do watch Below Deck. Sometimes people come on and I'm like, I got to do research and I got to fake this because I have no idea who the hell this is. Yeah. Below Deck is, you know, it's, listen, it's one of the highest rated shows on Bravo, you know, yeah, for- crazy. Do you watch yeah. it? Like, I take it you don't watch like the housewives or any of that. No, because we don't really get it over here. And in Australia, we don't really get it at all. Um, so, I mean, I was lucky when we went into filming. I didn't really know how big it was. Like, I, I knew people watched, but I didn't really know how big it was. Um, but yeah, I haven't really watched like housewives or anything like that, more just the below decks. It's a big thing. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying that I did my homework. But <laughs> where can everybody find you online? So they can slip uh, into so your I'm DMs. I'm on Twitter, Izzy Wouders. I'm on Instagram, Izzy Wouders. Don't add me on Facebook because that's just for like people I know personally. You can't find me anywhere. I changed my name on there. Um, that's it, I think. Oh, Cameo. If you want to book a Cameo, like a, a queer Cameo, then hit me up. It's all about the Cameo, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I love doing Cameos. 
If someone, listen, honey, I've said, I would sit home all day and do cameo if people would just yeah. keep, I, there's nothing better as far as it's I'm concerned. So and like, yeah. it's like free money. I don't, it's, listen, yeah. there's two things, cameo and Uber. Those are the two that I would do anything to have thought of because yeah. I feel like I could have thought of both of those. Yeah, I did it. You just didn't think of them fast enough. Cameo yeah. is literally the best idea in the entire world. It's so good. It's so good. And I tell my favorite things, like my most favorite thing is like talking, but I also like just like loving on camera and like turning to people and like creating like unique messages and stuff like that. So when you get all these like random people who have like different stories and different things they want it for, I'm like, oh my God, like I did the sweetest Christmas message from this dad and daughter to this um, mom last night. And they had like all these inside jokes and I was like, oh, I love you so much. Yeah, Cameo is the shit. So everyone needs to get on that or book one. Also, I'm very cheap, cheaper than everyone else because I wanted everyone to be able to afford it. Not just You're me. not cheaper than me. I'm literally- Oh, really? You're so cheap? I'm so cheap. I am so cheap. <laughs> and like, I would even lower my rate if I thought it would get me more. But at the price point, I think it's not going to make a difference. But I'm like so cheap. It's everyone just- Everyone buys Cameos. It's free money. It's like, exactly. but here's the question, not to circle back right to the beginning. If someone's going to pay your rate, would you show your fee on Cameo? Listen, if someone wanted to give me like $500, I would probably slip a toe in there. Listen, you guys, you've heard it here first. So, <laughs> all right, keep in touch. DM me. You're very good about getting back. So I am. I'll keep in touch with you. I really appreciate this. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I actually really enjoyed myself. You're amazing. You're going to come back on though, for real. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Have an awesome night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.